This is iUniverse Radio, brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is your opportunity to hear firsthand from authors about their new books. It's an in-depth discussion about the author's passion about the development of his or her story in their own words. It's an inside look into the characters and the plot and how the story all came together. Here is iUniverse Radio. Greetings for iUniverse. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is A Life's Tapestry. And joining me is the author who joins me from Quebec in, uh, in Canada, uh, my home country, and uh, happy to talk with her, Patricia Stanway. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you very much, Jay. It's really a pleasure to be asked to um, talk to you this morning. So I'm really looking forward to a great conversation. Well, thank you. Uh, no pressure on my side. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, you know, <laughs> your your accent does not appear to be French-Canadian. You originally are from uh, Derbyshire. Is that correct, in England? Yes, yes. I was born in Derbyshire. I uh, emigrated here in the 70s, uh, early 70s, to Quebec. Um, I've stayed here ever since, um, but um, I've lived here in Beaumont for 40 years. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, I was married when I came, but now I'm divorced. But I have a daughter and two lovely grandchildren who live in Texas. Um, but I'm still here, and of course, it's uh, been an opportunity for me to actually publish this book. But what was interesting about it is that I chose uh, an American publisher. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. But, that that uh, is. And yeah, I mean, your material is, is really poetry, if I can describe it that way, and it's 132 pages, so I think you've been at this a while. Is this an accumulation of, uh, of your works or of your personal inner insight in using poetry over the last several years? Um, it's really using poetry to, to sort of express who I am and my experiences in life. Um, I didn't find this poetry until I was going into my storage locker and found a box with all different types of paper. And on it was written dates and all these kind of writings. And I pulled them out. And it was kind of an emotional moment for me because it was 37 years ago when I wrote all of these, these poems. Mm. I've always been a person who's been interested in seeking the truth or seeking uh, to find different things. And I think, you know, now if I look back, I wanted so many answers, uh, and I didn't have them, but now I've found them. And um, I believe that my poetry is just, it's a total expression of my life's experiences, and it's really telling people that, you know, we all go through trials in life, and I think we, we have to because that's what shapes us. Uh, but the bottom line is that you have to look in the mirror and you have to say, hey, who am I? And when you start to ask questions, I believe that's very freeing. And you'll find that you will change over the years, just as I have. So it reshapes you. So for me, that, that's what this was. It was a journey of trying to figure out everything about my life, um, including my family life, my childhood, everything. And it came to fruition on these pages. Were all these poems, were they written years ago? Or have you been uh, currently also adding to that repertoire? Uh, these particular poems in the first book uh, were written uh, 37 years ago. They went back to 1979 to 1987. Mm. Um, I am, you know, I am in the process of, of putting more because I have more. But I was a little bit um, shy, I guess, if you want to call it that. I didn't want a book that was too big. 
Um, but these were the poems at that moment that I felt that were more powerful, or if you want to say more poignant or more meaningful, more emotional. And I just wanted to share it with people to make them understand, you know, the world is not kind. And when it is, it isn't, it's okay. Uh, because it's a natural process of reshaping you and you have to you have to get in touch with yourself become introspective and yes it's painful but I believe it's all part of shaping life so for me this was a very freeing moment when I decided to put all these into a book and share them with the world really. Uh, You have been totally honest I think from uh, the expression of emotion in your book definitely Uh, the opening salvo if I may call it that Uh, The word sensuality pops to the surface, and the reader will find that as among your first investigations in or sharing of the the life experience. Uh, Was that something that was important to you to share, honestly, those emotions and those uh, particular events in your life? Yes, actually, it was. You know, the world talks a lot about love, passion, sensuality, desire, all of this, and For me personally, when it becomes distorted, it really doesn't emphasize the beauty of it because sensuality is something that is within us. It's it's unique to each one of us. And I believe that we all discover it in a different way and we can express it in a different way. Some people don't want to express it. They don't want to acknowledge it. But for me, it was important because it's It's part of who I am and we're all unique. And I think we have to get in touch with everything that we are because we were created this way. So it's it's a learning process as you go through life. I mean, it changes you, it shapes you. So for me, this was important that that I share this part of of the book. Sensuality, I think, is is a wonderful thing if you can get in touch with it. Absolutely. You, uh, I will say, don't spend a lot of time on it, enough to get us interested perhaps in the subject material and also your (laughs) insight. Uh, You also talk about loss and pain. You talk about family. You have uh, several different different areas of, of, uh, of this book and of this emotional sharing, including truth. What, in your estimation, is the the most poignant or honest representation of your poetry perhaps you would want to share with the audience, or one way to introduce it to them that way? Um, I think the most important thing in life is truth. Um, If you can't be honest with yourself, uh, if you can't be honest with other people, you have to ask yourself why. When we when we talk about pain, pain, once again, is unique to each individual. It's like going to the dentist, you have a tooth pulled. You may experience pain for a longer period of time in a different way than someone else. But if you have a loss in your life, if you lose someone you love, or someone is snatched away from you um, without permission, it leaves a void. It leaves something behind and loss is, is dealt with in different ways by different people. Some people close off. And I say, no, don't close off. You know, open yourself up and deal with the pain. It isn't a personal attack on you. It's part of life's trials. This is what I honestly believe. And as we move along in life, yeah, I can use this word because I don't very often. It sucks sometimes because it hurts. Mm. But it's all part of life and you have to deal with it. And uh, the remnants are left. You can either take them into all your relationships of all the pain that you've had, even from family, if family is caused pain. Um, The bottom line is it's up to you. You have a choice. You have to move on in life and embrace the life you've been given, and you have to live it in joy and truth. 
Because if you lie to yourself, nothing good is going to come of that. Well, it's uh, certainly evident, at least from my, my perspective and talking with you, that although you deal with some difficult subjects and talk about some serious events, perhaps, that impacted your life, yeah. the end result is it's a positive message. Would that be correct? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, I think that's, that's wonderful because you, you're understanding that. The world is not kind. The world can be awful. It can be dreadful. People can act in ways that cause you so much pain. But honestly, the truth is, is that you have a choice. It's your responsibility. Your life is your responsibility. What is done unto you either is allowed or you fight back or you try to figure out why this is happening. And because it's wonderful to have a life, every morning that you wake up, you should be blessed that you're breathing because it's another chance to make a difference in another day in someone else's life. And for me, that's what's important. I am not the same person that I was 37 years ago. I have been shaped and knocked around even more from, from that time. But I've welcomed all of it in one way. Some people would think, oh, that's kind of sadistic. It isn't. Because I know that it's a necessity for me to grow as a person. And when you grow as a person, it's beautiful. You can share that with other people. And I, I would hope and pray that this reassures people that you're not alone. And you can heal yourself. If you seek the truth in this world, something extraordinary will happen to you. Oh, beautifully put. Uh, this, in retrospect, as uh, you have shared this, was written years and years ago. And in looking yeah. back and rev you know, reviewing those uh, thoughts and emotions from the history when you began to, uh, to go through them, was there anything that maybe was too much of a challenge to share? Or was it something that really revived your, your faith in the future? Whoa, that's a, a loaded question. Um, I don't like to share things that are negative, but I wanted, um, I wrote a, a poem about uh, the enemy, the devil, and you can call it fantasy. People look at it as a sort of a science fiction thing. But I went down into the depths of, of despair, and that poem actually should um, tell you just how dark I was at that moment. But what happened at that moment was something happened to me because all of a sudden I realized that no matter how dark it gets, there's always a light. Even if it's a glimmer, it's always there. And I don't, I don't want to enjoy being there. I don't want to be there. So you, you kind of drag yourself up and you say, hey, I'm not going to stay here. I want to go to that light. I want to see the glimmer of life. I want to live. And you go. And when you go, it changes everything because you found the strength and the courage and I think that was the, the most important thing to me is that I actually found the strength and the courage in my face of something that was bigger than me that I was searching for but I did find and it was all because you have to go down sometimes to the lowest common denominator before you can actually get up. And um, I think that's why I wrote that poem about uh, the, the devil. There are a couple of lines from one of your poems that perhaps uh, underscores what you've just mentioned or talked about. I think about your yesterdays right. and worry about your hour tomorrow. Will it begin a gentle journey or will the storm and chaos follow? So there is uh, some wonderful word usage in all of your poetry and in your insight into life's events. 
this was uh, something that, at least from my perspective, if I went back, I have written poetry in the past, and most of it's been lost, and, and it wasn't all that exciting at the, at the start <laughs> anyway. In fact, one from high school, I, when I was in high school, I wrote a poem that the uh, prof- the professor, the teacher, got up and read and said, this is the worst poem I have ever seen in my life. And uh, I oh, did, well, I did it tongue in cheek. I mean, the teacher's yeah. name was Roe. And in my sense of humor, I said, I hate, I hate to think of the big blow that we will get from Mr. Rowe when he gets poems like this one here that don't rhyme in the last line. That was it. And I thought it was hilarious. He didn't think it, his sense of humor didn't match mine for whatever reason. Uh, anyway. No, well, there you go, Jay. It's, it's like that. You know, we all operate on a different level, a different circuit sometimes. What's funny to one person has no joy in, in anything. So it's normal. That's it, normal. I guess it's normal. The next year I wrote a different poem, and the teacher there got up and announced that this was the most insightful and deep poem she had ever heard or seen in her lifetime. So I guess it's a matter of perspective. Uh, you have definitely outlined yeah. that in the way you have uh, approached this. There's uh, multiple topics Was there anything that was a challenge to you as you began uh, sharing this or putting it together for print? To be quite honest with you, it was um, it was the loss of a child. Um, Hmm. It's not something that I want anyone to go through. But I mean, as teenagers, you go into you do things, you're looking for things. I I didn't have a father in my life. There's no excuse for whatever we do, actually. Um, But I didn't. And. For me, it was as a teenager, um, you know, my mother was in control of of what was happening in my life. I was young and I was stupid. And we all do stupid things. There's no one who hasn't done a stupid thing out there. That's right. But the pain of having a child taken away from me without my permission, it did something to me so deep that I never thought that I could ever feel again. I didn't want to feel again. I just wanted to close off. And I told myself I was worthless. I was useless. Uh, Nobody loved me. I wasn't even worthy of love. And as a teenager, 15 years old, when you do that, it's damaging. But I've been able to write about that because I know there are millions probably of people who have gone through something as painful as that. But I realized that I had to go through that. You see, once again, I'm able to look at it in a different way. Because when a child is put up for adoption, you are giving it to someone who you trust is going to give it the love, the attention, the maturity, the everything that you should give a child, someone is going to give them because you're incapable of it. You, mm. you don't even know how to love. You've never been shown it. It's not an excuse. It's just that we find ourselves in situations because we search for love in the wrong places. And there are a hundred and millions of reasons why we do that. But your family life, if you have one, is wonderful. If you don't have one, um, it can be terrifying. And you are like a, a leaf in a hurricane. I always use that expression because for most of my life, I felt like that. So that was the hardest thing when I wrote that down. Do I, do I not? Do I, do I not? How can I do this again? I cried many, many tears over that. But I do know and I truly believe that there is someone out there should take comfort for the fact that, yes, 
it did happen, but you've given life to something beautiful and someone else is the recipient of that beauty. Beautifully put. I, uh, I have uh, the T-shirt with a giant S on the uh, cover uh, or on the front of it, and I uh, wear that every day, whether it's seen or not seen. Uh, the, the idea of being stupid or doing stupid things. I, uh, I have regrets about <laughs> conversations I've had with some of my peers when I was a teenager that weren't even all that bad, but I'm just a sensitive guy. You know, that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you have done a beautiful job in sharing your life story through this poetry and covering a, a myriad of subject materials and placed it into print, 132 pages, the title of which is A Life's Tapestry. And thank you for being so honest in sharing this and sharing insight into your history. I'm getting the impression that this is not the, the last book there or the last time that we'll get to visit perhaps about your poetry and about your writing. Do you have another book that's about to become available? Yeah, I'm in the process of, of uh, typing a second book because there were more poems, obviously. But i am also been writing a book of fiction for 10 years. And that was the idea, actually, that I would publish my book of fiction because it was pretty powerful. I say that to myself, not because of an egotistical way of looking at it, but because it is. I've had people read it, some of it, and they say, you've got to, you've got to publish this. But there was something in me that told me that this book was more important than the book of fiction. So, yes, there will be a second book of poetry. And, yes, there will be uh, a book of fiction. And um, I'm hoping that we do get together to discuss both of them because this, you've made this a very pleasurable experience and I wish to thank you for that. Well, my pleasure. The uh, title of the book, A Life's Tapestry. Where can my listeners get copies of this, Patricia? Uh, it's for sale on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can go onto the iUniverse website. You'll find it there. It's uh, all over the world, actually. It's been um, put into all different kinds of countries. You, even if you didn't know, you could just Google A Life Tapestry by Patricia Stanway, and it will pop up, and you'll be able to um, purchase it there. Thank you, Patricia. It's been an honor to visit with you and to talk to, even though you adopted Canada, a, a fellow Canadian. Congratulations on completing <laughs> this, and, and best of luck in the future. This, again, is a positive book. I think anybody that... Probably, uh, you know, I think a teenager it might be too deep for them, but uh, anybody that is yeah. uh, curious about life and about a, an experience that uh, perhaps they can relate to should get a copy of this. A Life's Tapestry, Patricia Stanway, has been my guest. Thank you again, and uh, best to you. Thank you, Jay. Uh, take care. May God bless you. Bye-bye. Yes, for iUniverse, this is Jay Douglas Barker. iUniverse Radio is brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is produced by TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge.